0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations, and our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about Our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I want to continue. I know you guys have been in the book of Acts, uh, The go. And I'd like to just go backwards a little bit, because Pastor Scott gave me, he said, you can do Acts 9, we're going into Acts 10, you can do that. Or Pastor Eugene, just do whatever you want. And I was going to do whatever I wanted anyway, (laughs) so I'm actually going to take you back to Acts chapter 3, and just share something that was on my heart. So I don't even know if this is a sermon, I really don't. Does that matter? I'm just going to share my heart with you. Let's see what the word says to us. And then I think it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me. I was challenged by it when I saw it. I was convicted by it. Amen. Uh, And so I, I, I hope your challenge may be convicted by it as well. And we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read a bit, so just hang with me. We'll put it on the screen if you have your real Bibles. Anybody still carry their real Bible? All right, praise God. Old school, baby. Old school to best school. Uh, Anybody just all electronic? Let me see. Okay, and then how many of you just follow the screen? Okay, and then there's about half. How many of you are not going to raise your hand no matter what I say? Let's go to verse number one. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. And as they approach the temple, there was a man that was lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one they called the beautiful gate, so that he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. How many of you have ever had that happen to you, where there's been somebody ask you for money? Or, or you pull up to a stop sign, and you see someone there with a sign that says, you know, out of work, or or, or, or veteran, or, you know, you've seen them all. I, I appreciate the honesty Heidi and I were inner-city pastors in the city of Houston before we moved to Louisiana. We got here as quick as we could, y'all. And and I, we, we actually led one of those men. We were in inner-city, and we, we used to have a church under a bridge. That's where we began, Highway 59 and Main Street. We took over a street outreach that would meet there on Friday nights. We would cook food, and then we would bring a trailer in with the, the band, And then we would go out into the highways and the byways, literally, and then we'd invite people to church. And then we would be under the bridge, and usually the church was probably about this size of this section right here. And we would worship, pass the offering, feed people, pray for people, and that's how our church started. And one of those men that gave his heart to the Lord was—I'm just going to tell you this is this is not politically correct—but he had one leg. He would enter, if you ask him, what is your name? He would say to you, my name is Pegleg. That's just what he called, that was his name. And so that's how we called him. So Pegleg gets born again. His right leg is, and he says, how could God ever use me? And I said, if you'll follow Jesus, if you'll follow Jesus, if you'll get discipled, if you'll stay clean, if you'll stay clean for a year and stick to discipleship, I said, can you drive? And he goes, yeah, I still got my right leg. And I said, if you can drive, then one day you can be my driver. And that was his goal, to be my driver. Because he had one good leg. This is funny, y'all. I don't care. Y'all acting too too holy. And, and he's like, that, that's what I want to do. And, and Peg Leg would, would come, come to church, sit on front row. He would come up on front row, lift his canes. Uh, his, uh, not his canes, but his, what do they call it? Crutches, when we'd worship, he'd lift his crutches in the air and hop on one leg, and that was peg leg. Peg leg fell off the wagon. He lasted about two months, and then he fell off the wagon, and we went looking for him because that's what good pastors do. You leave the 99 to go find the one, and we drove all around, and finally I saw him. He was on the street corner where we found him the first time. With a sign. And it said, Why lie? I need a beer. How many of you appreciate the honesty? At least, that's funny. I don't care who you are. This is funny. You're going, Should I laugh at this? I mean, no, it's funny. How many of you know Peg Leg is going to be in heaven? I'll introduce you one day. That's, that was Peg Leg. So all of us have walked across that scene where there's someone that's asking you for something. Now, I love the Peter and John. They're going to look at him. In fact, the scripture says they're going to look at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly because he's expecting something. And they say, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. That's good, that's good next time you feel your approach. I was just approached two days ago, and I used this very line. I'm sorry, I don't have any money for you. And he said, we don't have anything for you, but look, but I'll give you what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. I want you to get up and walk in the name of Jesus. How many I you appreciate the faith? What was the last time you just went? Just, it just came out of you. I don't know, but I'm going to pray for you right now that something would happen to you. Just pick this up, pick this up going. Yeah, but what if something does not yeah, yeah, I know. But I just want to encourage you today just to step on out there and just go, come on, let's just let's just pray that God would begin to do something in this life. I just want to pray right now. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus, or marriage be healed in the name of Jesus. And they they do it. Then Peter takes the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up stood on his feet, began to walk. By the way, this is what happens in all of our lives. There is the get up, then there is the began to walk. You got to walk first. And then he goes into then leaping, first walking, then leaping and praising God. And he went into the temple with him. He's going to church. Now, here's why I want us to zero in in. All the people, I want you to read the yellow with me. All the people saw him walking and saw him walking and heard see and hear see and hear i'm going to i'm going to change it in fact i'm going to give you a different way to look at the same scripture all the people saw saw him walking and then they heard him talking walking and talking everybody say walking and talking, walking and talking. Now, let me just go back a little bit before we go any further with walking and talking. In fact, if I were entitling this message, I would entitle it, Can I Get a Witness? Can I Get a Witness? No, that, that demands a response. Can I get a witness? Yeah, you've ever heard Amen. Now, if this was Opaloosa's, y'all would be shouting me down right now. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So I want to, I want to see, but let me just back you up a little bit because we've been talking about this person, the Holy Spirit. And I want to make sure you're connecting the dots. It's not just, I need the Holy Spirit. I want to back it up a little bit so that you see the very purpose for the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Go back to Matthew chapter 28, 18, where Jesus is going to gather his disciples and he's going to call the play. And he's going to say to them, We would call it the Great Commission. He said, I want you to go into all the world and I want you to preach the gospel and I want you to make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you to the ends of the age. And he just he commissions them. This is your job. This is your role. This is the play. I want you to run this play. It's like the old Les Miles offense. That's funny. I don't care who you are. (laughs) Same play all the time. Uh, This is the play. Just run this play. And you go, okay, we're going to run that play. Then he says, later he says to them, I'm going to send somebody that's going to help you run the play. I want you to go to the upper room, Acts. Now we're in the series, right? Go. I want you to wait on the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will give you power. Power to do what? To be my witness. Can I get a witness? So he's connecting the dots. No, here's the play. And if I give you the play, then I'll also give you the power you're going to need to carry out the play. Witnessing is not something we go out. Watch this. I'm going to help you in just a moment. It's not something, okay, let's all get together to go witness. No, you're witnessing right now. You're going to witness when you leave here because some of you are going to get out early. The reason why you're at the 9 o'clock service is so you can beat all the Baptists to the restaurant. That's why you're here. It's like, no, baby, we got go to do that early one. Just knock that out. <laughs> I'm watching some of you respond to your mate going, he's talking about you, baby. <laughs> so you, you, you go, no, 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 you're, you're going to witness in a moment. In fact, when the waiter comes over to you, you're going to witness. It, it's not talking because you, you see something before you hear something. There's not one side of witness. It's not just, you got to tell. No, no, no. You got to show. People do not hear you until they see you. Now, some of you have already made the mistake. You've been talking, but you ain't been They see before they hear. I I, I go to, I I don't know about y'all, but I I go to Sonic, and you got to go to Sonic. This is free, by the way. This is not, thus saith the Lord. It's just wisdom. You got to go between two and four. Because you know what happens between two and four? It's happy hour. I still go to happy hour, and I get the same thing every time. Dr. Pepper, extra ice. Basically, they fill that thing up with ice and put about this much Dr. Pepper in it. It's basically ice flavored like Dr. Pepper is basically what it is. And and I get the same little girl all the time. She's on to me now because you got to, I'm witnessing, right? I'm witnessing. And so she comes and I said to her, she comes, and says, hi, my name. And, I, and she gives her name and Uh she said, uh that'll be you know dollar ninety nine or whatever, whatever it is. And and I and I I'll say, I said this to her, I go, Baby, what's the biggest tip you've gotten today? She goes, Oh, probably two dollars. And I said, Well, here's three, because I don't want anybody ever to out tip me. I'm gonna be the biggest tipper you got. Oh, that's so sweet. Next time I pull up there, I get the same girl. (laughs) Y'all feel it in me, right? (laughs) And I said, hey, baby, hey. I said, what's the biggest tip you got today? She goes, oh, I think it was $4. <laughs> so I gave her five. Third time I pull up in there, this is the honest truth, I pull up in there and I said, hey. She goes, oh, hey. <laughs> and I said, what's the biggest tip you got today? Because ain't nobody out tipping me. And she goes, oh, I believe it was ten dollars. I said, you lied, here's two. Have you no? I'm witnessing. You're witnessing. The way you treat the waiter today, you're witnessing. You're walking. They won't hear you talk until they see you walk. Can I tell you how we got to where we are? It ain't the Republicans. It ain't the Democrats. It ain't the conservatives. It's not the liberals. It isn't Facebook. It ain't Instagram. It ain't vaccines or no vaccines. It ain't mask or no mask. We have been talking, but we have not been walking. That's what, no, stop. Don't clap yet because I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. You can't sit inside the walls of a church and say, look at where the nation is without us personally taking responsibility for playing our part and for a nation getting to where it is. We have a risk. let's the church fault. No, no, no. You can't just leave it at the church. You have to break it down and go, no, I haven't been taking care of my responsibility. The reason why our nation is here is we sat on the sidelines talking and not walking. We need to repent. Now shout me down. Can I get a witness? Yeah, let me tell you, we sit in our underwear, eating Cheetos, telling the world what we think. I'm going to put this on Facebook. That'll change the world. Oh, I'm talking about you. I am talking about you. Listen, I've been on it enough to finally I just went, I got to get off this. I ain't mad at the liberals, the conservatives, the Republicans, the Trumps, the Bidens. I ain't mad at all. I'm mad at church people. They decided they finally going to get their preach on. You talking, baby, but you ain't walking. Listen, they, they ain't even going to listen to the beggar until they see him walk. That's the guy that used to sit at the gate, beautiful, begging. Now he's walking. And leaping and talking, I wonder what he's saying. I want to hear what's happened to him. You ever heard that old saying, he talks a good game? Or how about this? He can talk to talk, but he can't. baby, I just want you to live the bumper sticker. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. Listen, Heidi is awesome. I love her. She's a, she is an amazing girl. She gets a bigger hand. Did y'all notice that? Oh, it's good to have Pastor Eugene here. Golf clap. And his beautiful wife, Heidi. Yeah! It's a good thing I'm secure. Cause I could need therapy after this service. I need counseling. Where's Doctor Scott at when I need him? She got she got flaws too, y'all. She does. She's got flaws. She ain't all that, y'all. I mean, she's mostly all that. What you see is what you get. Hey, ladies, it's pretty true. But she's got one flaw. She drives like the devil. Her right leg is going to hell. It it, it weighs 50 more pounds than her left foot. Uh, she's got a uh, she got one problem. Her right foot is heavy. That girl, oh she's she got will tell you all the time, I'm very black and white. It's either right or it's wrong. I'm going, except for when you're driving. Because you drive like a devil. You're not even saved. When she gets behind the wheel, she is no longer a Christian. She'll tell me, I'll be driving. I don't even let her. I don't let her drive. I was like, no, baby, I'm driving. And she'll she'll go, you need to put, you need to honk at them. I go, baby, I'm not honking. She goes, why won't you honk? I said, that's how we curse at people. Different honks mean different things. Have you ever noticed that? If you're at a red light and it turns green and the person in front of you, you know when you go, beep, beep, that's like, hey, bro, beep, beep, that's what that means, beep, beep, beep. that's not Heidi. She's like, ah, and it's like, idiot. That ain't right. I said, baby, you need to repent from that. And she said, well, they need to get a look at what they're doing. We have that, that thing, that Life 360, anybody have that? Where you can tell where each other's at all the time, which is kind of weird. It's like, I mean, I don't go any place that I don't care if Heidi knows, you know, but it's like, it's just something about it. It's like, she knows where I am all the time. It's like, baby, don't you trust me? But I can see her too. So that's cool. We're, it's, it's equal. One day she, she goes to see her sister in Dallas and I'm, baby, I love you. I miss you. I miss you too. I'm going to come home. It's okay, baby. Come on home. And I'm watching. It tells you how fast they're going. <laughs> I'll, I have to call her, baby, slow down. And she goes, "Why? there ain't nobody on the throne. I know, baby, you're going 98. They throw you in jail for that kind of stuff. 98. I'm not lying. This is not an exaggeration. If I were exaggerating, I would say, hey, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But I'm not. She's driving 98 miles an hour. One day, I'm on I-49 coming from Opelousas to Lafayette. I'm probably clicking. One of the policemen in our church told me this. He said, here's the rule. Eight, you're great. Nine, you're mine. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. So if it's 70, I may push it 76, 77, 78, you're great. 79, you're mine. So I'm probably clicking about 78, I'm driving down the road. She drives a white Suburban. I'm driving down the road. All of a sudden, I see this. She doesn't even know it's me. I get on the phone. I go, baby. Hey, hey, lovey. Hey, baby. Where are you going? Oh, I'm just going down to Lafayette real quick. I go, real quick? No, you're going about 95 miles an hour. You just blew by me. And I watch her red lights go, Busted in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so you know what I did? One day she comes, she comes walking I like, what you doing, baby? I, 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 I'm there scraping the Our Savior's Church sticker off her car. <laughs> she goes, Why are you doing that? I said, Because you you ain't walking to walk, baby. And she goes, That's fine. She would rather not have an Our Savior's Church sticker than to drive like a Christian. How many, stretch your hand towards Heidi right now. We're praying. Come out! In the name of Jesus. We should just close in prayer right now, huh? she just be over. How many else, how many else drive like a demon up in here? Raise your hand. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. I knew we had some more. Walk the wall. Talk the talk. Listen to me, listen. In order to be this witness, you're going to have to have some help. Dr. Scott can't teach you enough. You need some help. You you and I are going to sit at the red light and the light's going to turn green and you're going to go, come on! Your wife is going to say something that's going to tick you off. And you've gone off. But in order to be a witness, you're going to need some strength. You're going to need some extra power. And and reading the Bible every day is good. You need to. That's part of it. But you're going to need this other. You're going to need this Holy Spirit. If I were introducing the Holy Spirit, I would kind of, you know, like Pastor Rod introduced me today. I want to tell you about this man. I, I would say, I want to tell you about him. He, he's, he, is, he is the ultimate guide. He, he's an incredible leader. He, he'll, he'll warn you. He, he's like the idiot light on your car. He'll let you know when you're almost out of gas. He'll talk to you. He'll lead you. He'll convict you. He'll say, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, you, that wasn't the right spirit. He is gentle, he is kind but he'll talk to you he'll lead you, he'll guide you he, he'll, he'll give you strength that you didn't know that you could even have. He'll walk with you at times he'll warn you he'll, he'll put up a roadblock in front of you and you'll go, oh thank you Holy Spirit for warning me not to walk into that because uh, 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 he'll, 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 he'll just do that he'll, he'll lead you he'll, he'll even remind you of things that you forgot about. He'll bring them back up again. Remember, remember that dream I gave you? Remember? He'll comfort you when there are times you go, I don't even know what to do. He'll come, and he'll surround, and he'll, he'll bring you comfort. He'll give you peace in the middle of a pandemic. He'll, just, he'll give you strength. He'll walk with you. He'll let you know it's going to be all right. I said, he'll let you know it's going to be all right. He'll talk to you. He'll encourage you. He'll strengthen you. You're going to need this Holy Spirit. Why? So I can be powerful? No, so that you can be a witness, so that you can walk it and talk it. Now, let me give you, thank you, section. Thank you. There was a few over here. Appreciate it. Now, now let me take you to a scripture that seems kind of one of those that you just kind of read and you go, that's nice. That's a nice scripture. There's some nice ones in there. But, it, but if you look at it in context of what we're saying today, it's not a nice one. In fact, I want to take you there. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. It says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Lord of your life he is the Lord of your life. Let me translate it. He's the boss. You're not the boss. You're living for him. He's not living to bless you. You're living to be a blessing to him. He's the Lord. Should we do this? Should we not do this? Let me pray about that. Let me, see. Let me ask the Holy Spirit. Should we do that? Let me, let me, he's my leader. I'm following him. He will guide me. Uh, Professor Rod Rod, pray today. He'll order my steps. So, instead, you must worship him as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Okay. That seems pretty reasonable, doesn't it? So if anybody comes up to you and says, man, I see something different in you. What? What's the secret to the sauce? And you say, oh, let me explain it. Let, let, me, let me give you my testimony. Let me tell you what's happened in my life. And you give that opportunity. Go Always be ready. Now, here's the question. Is Anybody asking? Is anybody asking? Is anybody saying, I got to talk to you. Something different about you. What is it? If no one's asking, no, no, because that ain't how we do it. We tell him. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we, we have a sister up in Appaloosa. I, I can't do it. How she does She goes, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm blessed. And then the, in the name of Jesus. I said, I can't even say all that. I don't, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm blessed. In the name of Jesus. Because I'll say how you doing I'm happy I'm healthy I'm wealthy I'm blessed I'm younger in the name of Jesus Jesus said it that sells it I'll do it every cliche you could think of she means well I know her heart we declaring it we talking we wear t-shirts got my t-shirt on Won't everybody know who I am we talking What what happens when you hear somebody who talks but you don't see the walk to match the talk? You actually don't drive people closer to Christ. You actually do the opposite. You repel people from the gospel. I know you wouldn't clap on that. So I'm going to ask the question again. Is anybody Asking you. Because the scripture is clear. Be ready. Because when you walk this life filled with Holy Spirit, you'll live in such a way that people are going to ask you, what is the hope that you have? And look, look. By the way, is there ever been a better time to be a witness than now? That you can walk? And when people are fearful, scared, scared, out of their mind, what a greater time to be the light, to walk in, to be happy. Ooh, don't get me on happy. That you would walk in such a way that you could be an example and that people go, <laughs> okay, I don't. And I'm going to help you just a because I'm going to tell you, people don't do what, they don't do it like that scripture. So they don't come and say, what is thou happy? Why is thou happy? What is the hopest that I have? They don't ask you like that. I'll tell you how they ask in just a moment. Walk, walk, talk, talk. Okay. What's our keyboard player's name? I'm so sorry. Madison. Madison, she does amazing. Madison's going to come and help me close because it's better when Madison helps me close. Thank you, Madison. It's just better. It just sounds better, like when you're playing, Madison, than when it's just me up here. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Madison. Turn her up, sound man. You see what I'm saying? Isn't that, isn't that more smoothing? See, what? Stop playing, Madison. Stop playing. Watch. For God so loved the world watch For God, <laughs> See it better. This is better. That's why we do it. I've had the privilege of being it's kind of a it just kind of comes with the territory like my family, like my real family, my blood family. We're all kind of Houston area born and raised area. That I'm kind of like the family pastor. Like funerals, weddings, those kinds of things. Let's call Uncle Gene. See if he'll do it. Let me call my nephew. He'll, he'll I, and so we had one of those opportunities just here early part of the summer. Um, my my great uncle Herman passed away, and we knew that he was dying, and uh, my, my great Aunt Barbara, who is the sweetest woman on the face of the earth, called and said, you know, he's, he's in his last days, and he, he's always said, when, when you answered the call of God on your life, that he wanted you to do his funeral. And I said, well, Aunt Barbara, I'd be honored. And, uh, and so I just want to talk about my Uncle Herman for a second. He's a great example. Uncle Herman was born without a father. He was raised by a, just his mama. And he grew up tough and meaner than a junkyard dog. Got into law enforcement, went to, was to, served in the military, uh, Korea, and uh, when he got out of military, uh, he, he met my Aunt Barbara. Uh, he was at a, a barbecue next door to her house that she lived. She was, just a, she was still in high school, and she looked out and saw this good-looking, s- strong man, and so she decided she was gonna go hang out laundry, because back in the day, you used to hang the laundry out on the, on the deal. So she got all cutied up and went and hung laundry. And, and he, they caught eyes. And that, that's, that's how it began. I, th- I think we should bring that back, by the way. The, the, and so, yeah. Clotheslines, clotheslines, yes. So Uncle Herman, he, he, he gets into law enforcement. In fact, he's one of the pioneers of uh, the motorcycle division of the Houston Police Department, HPD. So he was Chips before Chips. Some of y'all know, some of you know. How many of y'all remember that show? You're old, okay. Yeah, but he, he was chips before chips. My earliest memory of Uncle Herman, and he was, he was mean. I mean, he was bad. He was a bad man. I mean, like a man's man, like bad kind of man. Like he had, I remember he had tattoos. Not these pretty tattoos that people get now. And if you have them, praise God. But he, is back back in the day where you just—he, I can remember—he had an anchor, right here, on his forearm, and it was back in the day where they just took some ink, squirted it on the table, and then took a needle and just went. So it's kind of ugly looking, kind of crooked a little bit, but just tattoos on his arm, just just back men, you know, just mannish, tattoo, and he drove a Harley. He drove a Harley. And my earliest memory of him was I was at my my, my cousin, my second cousin. We were, he was about a year older than me. And we were playing. I was at his house. And we could hear that Harley HPD cop coming down the road. You could hear. <mumbles> and, we, and we would run outside because here he'd come. Pull up in the driveway. <trembles> Had that hat on, those black boots all the way up to here. Those those uh, what do you call those aerator or aviators? And, you know rip them off like that. Those black gloves on, and we just thought, uh, yeah, this is so cool. And he he'd get out, he'd let us sit on it and hey, put your boys on it. You we he'd let us We just say like, Uncle Herman is so cool. Well he, he was he was crusty. He he was he was he was tough on his my cousins and just just mean like to like drink a little like probably way too much you know when you got drunk he'd say things and just abusive verbally and just crusty i mean we would see him like at family functions and stuff like that and it's like he just kind of sat back in the back he didn't want to talk to anybody he's just like man that dude is mean He he's mean then he had a neighbor Sweet neighbor. Always come over and help him, cut limbs, or clean up yard, or just a serving neighbor. And then one day that serving neighbor, that couple, came over and just said, uh, hey, we're, we're gonna go to church this Sunday, and we'd just like to invite y'all to come. This is my Aunt Barbara telling me. I go, How did this all happen? She goes, This is a sweet neighbor. They would just, they just I don't know. She goes, every time we were doing something in the yard, they'd come over and help. They were just, y'all seeing it, right? Just walking. They just kept walking, kept walking, kept walking, kept walking. And then one day they just stopped by and said, hey, man, we just heard they, Aunt Barbara, I think, had talked about. You know what? I was raised Catholic, and he was, or he was raised Catholic. I was, we probably ought to find something. And they heard them talking, and then they decided, here's a, here is our moment. And they said, we're going to be going to church. We, we just love for y'all to go. We'll go to lunch after. And so they they did. And I said, well, what was that like? It was a little Baptist church, probably about this size right here, the middle section. And I said, well, what'd y'all do? She goes, we sat in the back, and the pastor would stand up at the end and go, if you're ready to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now now's your time. I'll be waiting right here, and we're going to play Just As I Am. You don't know that song, do you? Okay, yeah, you're too young. And <laughs> It's an old song. Right. And then, and, and I said, what would Uncle Bo-? And she said, he would start sweating, and he would grab the back of that pew. And she goes, I would not even look, and then I'd peek every once in a while, just like you do. Peek. You know, Doctor Scott says every head bowed, every eye closed. You ain't closing your eyes; you're looking. And and he, she said he would grab the back, and I would just sit there. And then, as soon as service was over, he would just and wiping his his sweat off, and then we'd go. And then they had lunch, and they said, "Well, we're gonna come back next week. Next week, same thing." And then at the end, the pastor, "If you're here today and you're lost." I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And then he grabbed the back, and he'd start sweating again. And then he would just hang on, and then he'd relax. And then they said, "Well, I guess we got to come back again." And they came back again. And she said same thing every single. She goes probably about six or seven times. And then one time she goes, "We were back there, and I just felt. I had my eyes closed, and I'm praying. And then all of a sudden, I felt like, man, we're is, is we're, and I." he wasn't there. And I looked up and he's standing up there with the pastor and he's praying and he's leading them to Jesus. Then uncle Herman, something happened to him. We're at the family functions and he's like, genie boy. Cause that's what they call me. Genie boy. Do not call me genie boy or we will kick you out of this church. (laughs) Laborde, I mean it. Do not call me genie boy. Genie boy, how you doing? Give me a big old bear hug. Remember I used to set y'all up on my Harley Davidson. Wasn't that great? Who is this guy? What happened to him? And after the function's over, he's cleaning up. He used to go back in his room. What happened to him? I'm lost. I'm not born again. And then all of a sudden, we started going, hey. He started talking to my mom and dad. My mom and dad started calling him and going, would you start praying for genie boy? Because he has given us all kinds of trouble. And Uncle Herman's going, I'm going to put him on my prayer list. I'm going to start praying for him. He would start praying. And then one day, my parents... I walk into the house, they go, sit down. We need family meeting. What? What did I do now? We're going to church. What? We're not, I'm not going to church. Oh, yes, you are. You're going to church. Parents, stay with me right here. You're going to church. I don't want to go to church. Okay, well, then you're going to have to find a new place to live. Because if you live in this house, we're going to start going to church. Well, y'all hadn't been going to church. We're going to start going to church. We want to repent to you. We're going to start going to church. This whole family's going to church and you're going to church. You are going to church. What if I don't want to find a new place to live? Dang, they're serious. I mean, they're like religious freaks. Well, guess where they took us to church? To that little Baptist church. Guess where I sat? On the back row. And when that preacher used to get up there and go, every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and you're lost, I would grab the back of that pew and start sweating. I just got off the phone with Uncle Herman about two days before he passed and Aunt Barbara said, Aunt Barbara goes, now he hasn't really been able to talk so he just may be able to listen. We talked for 45 minutes. He sounded just like old Uncle Herman. And I said, Uncle Herman, you were like John the Baptist to our family. You were John the Baptist. You were the voice crying in the wilderness. If it wasn't for you, Walking down that aisle and giving your life to Jesus, then my parents wouldn't have called you about me, and if they wouldn't call you about me, then we don't show up in that same church, and we don't. I don't give my heart to Jesus, and because of that, now people in Opelousas and today people in Midtown are being ministered to through the through the vessel, just a vessel, Holy Spirit ministering to people because you. Because of you. And he goes, I never thought of it that way. I said, oh, I'm going to introduce you to all kinds of people in heaven. I'm going to, I'm going to, black, white, rich, poor, everybody. I'm going to just bring them out and say, here, here's Mark Laborde. Let me introduce you to him. And he never called me genie boy, ever. And uh, I said, let me introduce you. Let me show you. I go, because it's part of your work. Let me back up a little bit. I don't know who those neighbors were. I can't wait to meet them. Just some people who were walking. And when the opportunity came, they opened their mouth. We got it back with y'all. We talking and they ain't seen us walking. They don't hear until they see. Look at me. Pastor Jim was in the other day. This is free, by the way. He said, shepherding has never been more important than any time in the history of the church in our lifetime. And that doesn't mean it's the resp- just the responsibility of us shepherds. It means for all of us to shepherd. Because that means there are people that are out there that are scared fearful, all of that. He said, we got to quit looking through our firstborn eyes, the natural birth, and start looking through our spiritual eyes, the second birth, the born again eyes to see the kingdom that God is at work and moving right now like never before. This is the moment and the hour for us to be the witnesses that we need to be in a community that is scared, scattered, lost, frightened, hurting this is our moment and our hour you're going to need the holy spirit okay let me close ready thank you you're doing so you're doing amazing you're just doing amazing let me give you let me give you three thoughts real quick in conclusion ready are people asking you for the hope that you have if the answer let me here's how they here's how they'll ask be ready here here's the moment that you're supposed to step into when they start asking things like this around the water cooler at work, and when they go, "Hey, I know you go to church. W- would you pray for me?" Then, then you know they're asking. They're seeing a hope in you that they don't have. That's the door open. Or they'll say something like this: "Hey, could could I get your wisdom on something?" and they fill in the blank. They can ask you, hey, I'm struggling right now, man. I've just been depressed. When they start saying those kinds of things to you, they're seeing something different in you that they don't have. Or they may say, why are you happy? Why are you always so happy all the time? Remember, if they're not asking you to talk, it might be because they have not seen the walk. They have to see before they hear. Let me give you the second thought as we close. If the answer to number one is no, you gotta be honest, I'd ask, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? You're gonna need him. Ask Jesus, would you fill me with the Holy Spirit? The purpose of the Holy Spirit was to help you become the witness that we're supposed to be in this very hour. If people aren't asking, then you need to be asking God somebody needs to be asking. If people aren't asking you, then you need to be asking God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Do y'all receive this so far? Let me give you the number three, and I'm close, I promise. Number three, let me give you the third one. Are you asking a witness for the hope that they have? So number one, are people asking me? If they are, praise God step into it if they're not you need to be asking God and you need to be asking others tell me your hope now here's, here's how it's going to end up Watch. I just this is cool the lame man back to our story what did he ask for he was just asking for money he's just asking he's just asking I, I, I need some money Could you give me some money? He didn't know what he really needed. But you got to give him props for at least asking for what he thought he needed. Here's the problem with us and me. We don't ask. We don't ask. If you're struggling in your marriage, can I help you? Ask. Hey, could, could you help? I, I saw, I seen you walk. I'd like to hear you talk. T- tell me what, can, can, we, can we do lunch together? Because I really would like to find out. If you're struggling, you're a young man, you're here. You see a young man who's walking in victory. Hey man, I'd love to buy your lunch. I just, I'd just like to ask you some questions. I just like to ask. You might ask for one thing and end up with what you really need. You just got to ask. Are y'all tracking with me? You might ask the wrong question and end up with what you really need. Now, that's better than what you're acting. You may ask for the wrong thing and get the right thing. You just got to ask. Here's the question. Why don't we ask? You ready? Pride. That's why we don't ask. Because we're prideful. The Lord rebuke us for our pride. Pride. Can I rebuke you? The Lord rebuke us for our pride. The scripture says, you have not, because you ask not. Why wouldn't we ask? Because we prefer the facade. I just want to share my heart with you today. This is this all right? Yeah. I just want to share my heart. Father. We come to you now in the name of Jesus. This is our hour. If we ever needed the Holy Spirit in the history of our lifetime, it's today. You said, go. And then you said you'd give us the Holy Spirit so that we could walk the walk and talk the talk. So would you just feel us right now? Would you just lift your hands to heaven and just ask him, Holy Spirit, I need you. Would you come fill me fresh and anew today? Lord, that I'd be ready, that I'd walk, live as an example and a testimony of you as we follow you in this dark culture and world that's crumbling around us. Forgive us for the part that we've played in it. We can't stand back on the sideline and point the finger because we've been a part of the crumbling ourselves. Forgive us. Forgive us. So Father, we repent. We ask in Jesus' name that we'll be now part of the solution, that we'll be the witnesses of the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Father, may the fear leave us and the Holy Spirit come. May the anxiety leave us and the Holy Spirit fill us today. We need you. Now, Father, would you set us ablaze? Father, would you give us eyes of the second birth instead of looking through the eyes of the first birth so that we may represent you well in a community that's looking for answers? And that, Father, that will recognize even the opportunities when they ask, would you pray for me? Could you give me some advice? I was wondering. I'm struggling right here. That, Lord, will see it as our opportunity to talk because they've seen the walk. Fill us right now, we pray, and we thank you in the name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be sitting here today and you're grabbing the back of the chair in front of you, sweating profusely. You can't see the kingdom or enter the kingdom, Jesus said, until you've been born again, the second birth. I was born July 30th, 1965. I was born again in the summer of 1983. It's the day I surrendered my life to Jesus and made him my Lord. Where I'm going to live for him. I belong to him. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He sit here. He will forgive you of everything you've ever done all of your life. You go, pastor Eugene, how do I get born again? It's easy as A B C. A admit that you're a sinner. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I'm the chief sinner in the room. Trust me. We've all sinned. He'll forgive you. Admit it, Just, Lord, I, I'm sorry. We've broken the law of God and we deserve the penalty of breaking that law, which is eternal separation from him, a place called hell. Hell is real. It's a real place. But so is heaven. It's a real place. B, believe that Jesus came, the very reason he came, to live a sinless life and then to be the substitute, the penalty payer for your sin and my sin. That's why he came to die, to take your sin, your guilt, and your shame. And then see, just confess him as the Lord. Make him the boss. You're going to say, I no longer live for me. I live for him. If you're here today and you're ready to repent of your sin, And make Jesus the Lord of your life. I want to pray for you right now. Would you do me a favor? I'm going to pray for you. Would you just hold your hand up high all over this room right now. Just say, Pastor, I'm ready. Today I want to be born again. Thank you. I see hands going up all over the room. Congregation, I want us to add our voice. Pray this from your heart. Mean it from your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt and you died for it I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven purpose on earth and a relationship with the father so today Lord Jesus I turn from my sin to be born again God is my father Jesus is my savior the Holy Spirit is my helper And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God all the praise.